Welcome to STO Building Conversations, a construction podcast powered by the STO Building Group. Today's episode is part two of our interview with Executive Chairman of Thornton Tomasetti, Tom Scarangello, and Executive Chairman of STO Building Group, Jim Donahue, founding members of the AEC Angels Group. Last week, they discussed how the group aims to drive innovation from within the industry through collaborative, strategic investment that could truly change the game. Here's the rest of the conversation. So hearing the two of you talk, there is incredible similarities uh, of your vision and philosophies of where innovation should be and where the industry is going as a whole. From an investor's point of view, I'd like to get your perspectives of what types of companies are you looking to invest in? And are you looking for a specific area of design and construction processes, or are you open to any types of innovative processes that uh, catch your eye? I see it as we're looking for investments where we, and when I say we, I mean all of the different components of our industry that are represented by our members right now in AEC Angels or others can have an immediate and a important impact, right? We're looking really to drive solutions that aren't five or 10 years out, but are five or 10 months out. Things that actually we can hit the ground running and where with either modest investments and or mentoring or piloting or support, we can push through the best solutions. And it's not the best solutions, the best solutions today. You know, I always give the example, you know, you go back to the days I may be dating myself of beta versus VHS. And there was arguments that beta was better than VHS. But guess what won the day? The platform that more people were going to use and was easier to use. But guess what? That led to the the world where now where everything is being streamed live. We need to not be worried about necessarily you know, waiting for perfection, but looking for the ones that can drive our industry forward and where we can have a meaningful role in doing that. So yeah, we're, we're making investments, but they're really modest investments. They're investments to really show that we're willing to put our money where our support is and also to get the attention like in the Band of Angels from bigger investors that people in the industry who know believe in this enough to not only put their thoughts behind it, and their ability to pilot behind it, but they're also willing to put their money where their mouth is. You know, I joke with our people, none of these investments are going to, we're not, none, of our, none of our people are going to be flying private jets. Our path to success is still through Thornton Tomasetti, and it's still through the hard work we do for our clients. But this seed money that we put forward is to really change our industry. And so we're looking for those things that the firms in our industry can push forward, that we can see the quickest path to adoption, and that we can have a meaningful role in making that happen. Great, thanks. And, and Jim, from your point of view, obviously, knowing that you're in lockstep with that philosophy and it is how the mission statement of the AEC Angels was built. But are there anything specific, true to your heart, that you like to focus on? Well, you know me, I'm a little bit all over the place. I've got quite a few aspirational projects I've got my hands on. You know, the digitization of the supply chain is kind of a heavier lift and it involves the entire industry pulling together. So that's a slow burn and slow moving machine, but it's starting to make progress and it shows where the potentials are in our industry. Something more immediate that's exciting and, you know, it's kind of like Amazonizing our industry is a project we're working on in a company called Spackle out in Los Angeles where they're trying to, you know, leverage our global commercial knowledge and thinking about the size of our footprint. It's not just the STO 43 offices in four countries. It's our alliance partners that add another couple of dozen cities. And if we can get all of that knowledge at some point really leveraged where our 
platform for setting up bidding and subcontractor selection is universal across the platform. You know, however that may work is to be seen. But, you know, we have seen glimpses of this type of a product in the residential world. Uh, one of the companies in the residential world uh, just got a billion dollar valuation on this exact same kind of system. I think that the commercial marketplace stands to gain a tool that's going to be multiples the size of that if we can leverage and kind of pull together as an industry. But first, inside STL and our alliance partners is a great opportunity to organize our subcontractor selection process and identify really at a far deeper level than has ever been done before in our industry, who are the specialists in each trade, not only by region, but by type of job. The data entry and the management of that of that selection process is by real commercial professionals, not by amateurs, but by real professionals who are doing this for a career in terms of identifying where the subcontractors are really, really strong and where they may not be as strong and bring out not just craftsmanship into play, but the strength of the balance sheet and the strength of their diversity and inclusion and their safety programs. You know, how often do these uh, subcontractors perform well in meeting our thresholds, which are some of the highest, if not the highest in the industry for safety? All these things have a value in understanding which subs are the best fit for every single project we work on. And our organization alone, we have roughly 3,000 projects a year. So getting the subcontractor selection piece is one of those untapped opportunities. I just get excited thinking about all the possibilities and how much better we would match up with not just the subcontractors, but the partners we work with, the architects and the engineers and our clients in terms of appreciation of, wow, that's truly the best group of subs we've ever had on our project. We all know there's so many complex projects, not just that we work on today, but think about the future, all these class A buildings and, you know, this stagnation we've experienced through COVID, there's going to be a lot of remediation and commissioning required to bring these buildings back to full use. And I think there's going to be a lot of upgrades needed, not only just from the carbon emission reduction plans, but um, just technologically, you know, how efficient are these buildings? So I think a lot of upgrades are in the pipeline. And handpicking the right subs universally in our industry is one of the huge opportunities. And I think technology is going to help get us there. So that excites me. Yeah, Jim, you, know, you, you mentioned, uh, you know, firms in, in California and earlier you, you were talking about how you tap into ideas around the world or around your industry that isn't necessarily just a city-driven solution. And it made me think of a book back in, I think it was in the maybe 2004, 2005 range, Thomas Friedman wrote a book, you know, The World is Flat. And it was all about how essentially there was going to be a level playing field for industries and others, which is in many ways has come to fruition with some fits and starts. You know, I think that's where, you know, the AEC industry, they're probably going to write a book pretty soon. The AEC industry is flat, right? And what's crazy is COVID, you know, it's been horrific, but if you see the ability to have these kinds of conversations and break down barriers has even accelerated during this period. And the data and the interconnectivity you know, it used to be if you're in New York, you're in Chicago, you're in San Francisco, you're in London, you could close the walls and say, well, we do it this way. And that's the way we do it. And I think we're rapidly seeing that go away. We're rapidly seeing people saying, why are you doing that? The three-day cycle, maybe you should reconsider the way you're building in New York because they're doing it differently, whether it's modular or something else in another city. And people are open to that. The collaboration that we're driving with AEC Angels, I really think is being accelerated and enhanced by this kind of flatness that's happening within our industry, where it isn't about geography anymore. Although we're having this geographic conversation in around AEC Angels, because the firms here are headquartered in New York, we see this as a much broader world. And I think that's ultimately going to be the driver of success, this 
idea that best ideas come from anywhere in the world, not just from anywhere in the five boroughs. Hey, Tom, I want to just put a plug in for uh, for the AC Angels for a moment here. As you said earlier, we are looking to double, if not triple and quadruple our group. We've got one builder and one architectural firm and one MEP engineer and one structural engineer. I'd love to see that turn into two and then three and then 10. And regionally, Tom, you've always been advocating that, you know, this is the model here on the East Coast, but it's the beginning and replicating this, you know, whether it's the West Coast or South or other countries is certainly where we want to take this because ultimately we got into this because we said we want to one day look back and say, hey, we, we had a real impact on the industry. That's ultimately where we're going to feel like that was why we did the AAC Angels. The industry went back up the ladder of industries that are moving forward, accelerating their change. And we had a lot to do with that. Yeah. Well, you know, you talk about geographic expansion. Like I said earlier, the, the band of angels that group in Silicon Valley, they went from, you know, I don't know, a small number 30 years ago to over 300 members. But they're still kind of Silicon Valley based in many ways, because while it expanded throughout the world, a lot of the innovation spurred and was incubated and accelerated in that geographic area. In our industry, the geography is it's everywhere in the world, right? So we are looking at investing and pushing for technology that can touch the whole world. But I think we have to be having these conversations and they are happening, but we have to figure out how to communicate and connect the dots among all the people who are having these conversations around the world. Because while there still always be geographic and local, whether they're opportunities or constraints, today there's many more opportunities for a good idea in any part of the world to take root in another part of the world. And I think that's the exciting part of where I think AEC Angels could go is in either having franchises around the world or just having associations with other like-minded organizations that are trying to drive innovation in their part of the world or their industry. Yeah, and, and for those who might be listening and are taking an interest in maybe reaching out to us, and who knows, we might be reaching out to you. You know, what we did was we decided we wanted to partner with firms that have not only proven themselves as innovators in the industry, but have a team and resources available to not only join us in writing I'm going to say very moderate sized checks. Uh, it's not about the investment with us as much as the resources we can commit to pilot and test products and participate in the development of a firm that's really only at its seed stage or an A stage and take them to the next level with the input from some of the greatest firms in, in the AEC space. So it's the partnering piece that we're most excited by. And just to touch on it, the Rumbix and the open space investments the AEC Angel Group made in the past few months, the real excitement there is being able to call the CEOs of those firms and having some really down and dirty productive discussions about, hey, how are we doing piloting your tools out there? And are you getting enough feedback from us? And then vice versa, giving them some feedback about where we like the tool, but there's some areas where we'd love to see improvement on the tool or changes in the tool. And then we get feedback, you know, hey, Jim or Rob, uh, we understand what you're looking for, but here's the feedback we got from some other companies and why that's not really the direction we want to take our product. That conversation to me is how these firms are going to become much more successful, much quicker, but also we're benefiting by learning a lot more about these new tools. And it's such a collaborative partnering effect. And that's what we're, we're hoping we can find more contractor, architect, engineering firms that are interested in this same feedback system that we're getting now uh, with, with the AC Angels. Yeah, you know, and Jim, you mentioned our two investments, but I, I would say we have a lot of opportunities, a lot of people who are presenting to us. And, you know, obviously we have to be selective on the ones we think we can have the biggest impact on and the ones that we think have the best chance of success. But what it's also given us the platform to do is exactly what you described. You know, I, I won't mention their names, 
but some folks came to us and presented and they weren't quite focused on our industry, but it was interesting technology. And we were able to open them up to why aren't you focused on our industry? Why, why aren't you thinking about us? We're here. It's a big industry. And if you created a module or, or a component that could address us, it could help with your growth. And I think even those that we didn't invest in or didn't pilot, they may be coming back to us in you know three to six months, having listened to us and said, hey, we get it. We understand your industry now. And we've actually, we've altered our strategy going forward to impact the AEC industry. We're going to invest in a small subset. We're going to pilot a small subset. But just the conversations we're having with these startups is opening up their eyes to an incredible market that you know we've spent our careers in. And I think that's also going to positively impact our industry as well. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. So after we went through this whole really great conversation about the vision, uh, breaking down the barriers, the collaboration, the investments, uh, all of the networking that we're doing, tell me from your point of view, what obstacles still remain? What other barriers do we have to kind of break through and break down in order for this vision to happen? Uh, so that I think there's two. There's the silos and there's also the issue of risk. We've been in an industry in which has been risk averse. And I would say as a structural engineer by training, I am all in to be risk averse, right? I'm not talking existential risk. We design our buildings and our structures to make sure that they will be safe for their useful life and beyond, right? So I'm not talking about risk with the work we do, but I'm talking business risk. We've been an industry that has been very reticent about taking what I would say is reasonable risks to innovate. That's still there. We still have to convince people um, why they should be the first one or second one or third one to try a technology, which is, I think, the other reason why these groups that we have are important. We need to be the ones who are saying, we're willing to take that business risk. We're willing to go to one of our good clients and say, look, try this out on the product. We're here. You know, it may not be perfect, but if it works, whatever we learn here, we think is going to be a value to in the future. So I think you know, the two big barriers and the two opportunities are to continue to break down those silos, but also to start to help change the risk tolerance for folks. You know, one of our values at Thornton Tomasetti is that we see opportunities where others focus on risk. And when we put that value down, the word focus was an important word because everybody sees risk, but it's also, it's what you focus on that is what's going to drive your opportunity, right? We look to manage our business risk, not to run away from it because there's always risk, right? But I think we're seeing we have to convince our clients and each other that it's a risk worth taking if we're driving innovation. It's not an existential risk. We're not putting make, making buildings and sites that are less safe, but it's a business risk that maybe it won't be perfect on the job we're on, but on the next job and the job after the dividends are going to be well worth the business risk we're taking today. Yeah, I would agree with you Tom, wholeheartedly uh, and finding those clients who are willing to take the risk alongside of us too. Jim, would you like to uh, add to uh, Tom's thoughts? Yeah, siloed is a great word, Tom, comes to the top of my mind as well in terms of a challenge, but I'm excited about watching the silos start to reach out to each other and strategically connect in the ways that we've discussed today. Beyond that is also just the idea that the entire industry worldwide at large, so down at the factory floor and all the installers and the massive number of buildings and project sites that we have, our industry is truly spread out across the entire footprint of the world, right? So it's extremely fragmented industry that happens to be built on top of high risk and low fee and has to deal with the cyclical nature of construction and, and design and planning 
um, we're very much a return on equity driven business and we have a long-term view. We've always had that long-term view it preceded me. I didn't start the concept at STO. My father did, but having a long-term view is the way you get through all of that and getting more firms to think that way is a challenge. Our industry by nature is very reactionary and we're solving today's problems. So getting firms to join in and feel safer about the idea that, you know, let's think about three years from now, where do you want your firm to be and where do you want the industry to be? Where do you want your position in the industry to be? And thinking about the three-year plans and get out of this quarter by quarter mindset that many of our industry are in. So we've got to continue doing the outreach, talking more about our success stories. I think social media has been helping us uh, communicate a lot more as an industry. And there's a lot more partnering today. I don't know if it's unique to STO. We have more JVs today and, and design build partnering going on than we've ever had before. And I think it's a testament to the fact that our industry is consolidating in many ways. And that consolidation is going to help this problem. You know, but that to me, fragmentation is probably the biggest challenge besides the silo effect. I love how you say that about the fragmentation, because I really come to believe that to push technology in all of its forms is kind of going to be like the Rosetta Stone of our industry, right? It's going to allow us all to speak a common language. And I've seen it inside our own firm. You know, one of our areas that we do in our firm is we call renewal. And that's essentially looking at existing building stock and wherever we work around the world and, and keeping those assets in good condition and whether that's renovations or repairs. But it's always been a business that was hard to link together because, you know, terracotta in New York versus drive it in Florida or something. The, the materiality, the, the, the environmental factors, all of those things made the renewal business really by its nature almost siloed uh, because the expertise and the challenges were different. We recently introduced a tool called T2D2 where we're doing using AI to look at materiality and the deterioration of building envelopes, everything from roofing to siding to glass. And what's crazy is that that tool has linked our renewal group in, in a way that, that our businesses were never been able to be linked before. You know, our, our people talked, but they were dealing with different challenges because the, 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 the materiality and the building types and, like I said, the environments were different. But this technology has brought us all together and sharing how do we actually optimize the, the restoration and or maintenance of these kind of facilities. And I think this is the common language that can actually drive our industry to be talking, whether you're in London, Chicago, China, San Francisco or wherever it is. And for years it was like, well, that won't work here. That won't work there. But th what we're talking about now is technology that breaks down those barriers. You know, we always say we want to be younger, but we want to be younger here because we can see the future. You know, we as a firm, we've also we've always had five year plans. And that's the way we've, we've grown as a company that we've always had a five year plan. We're actually in the first year of our current five year plan. But and, and, and when I look at the progress over the five year plans that I've been a part of, they've been kind of incremental in the sense that you can kind of see the pieces in each five year plan. What's going to happen in this five years and the next five years is probably more than happened in the preceding 40 years combined. Uh, and that's why I think it's exciting. And that's why we're kind of, we want to hang in there because there's so much change going to happen. It's going to be dramatic uh, and it's exciting and it's going to be positive. We're excited that, you know, we get to join with partners like STL and SHOP and Siskin Hennessy and others uh, and, and drive that, you know, the momentum's growing and it's only going to keep growing. Well, gentlemen, this has been extremely insightful and informative, and I would love to have this conversation continue, especially as the AEC Angels group grows uh, with both more investments or just more partners within the group. It would be great to come back and, uh, and talk again and see how things are going. 
So thank you very, very much for your time. It was, it was a pleasure speaking with each of you and um, I look forward to our next conversation. Thanks for uh, driving the conversation. Cheers, have a great day, guys. Thanks for listening to STO Building Conversations. For more episodes like this, you can find STO Building Conversations on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or the Structure Tone website.